0: Welcome to the AJP podcast, a podcast for pharmacists by pharmacists, where we discuss current events, relevant topics and emerging issues. I'm your host, Carly McMoore, and together with the AJP, I'm bringing you the opinions and expertise of different pharmacists to discuss their views and insights on topics relevant to pharmacists. Please like and rate each episode and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Is it okay to start with an introduction of yourself, please? Sure. Uh,
1: my name is Yvette Anderson. I am a clinical accredited pharmacist. I'm currently working in Bendigo, which is regional Victoria. as um, a hospital pharmacist, but I also am the creator of the Spectrum Pharmacist. And I've got a diverse background, including community and aged care consultancy and um yeah, like to expand my, my role as a pharmacist and try and get involved in as, uh, as much patient-centred care as I possibly can.
0: Thank you. What did it mean to you to win Victorian Pharmacist of the Year and PSA 22 Sharp Tank for your work?
1: Yeah, so uh, 2022 was obviously a very exciting year. Um, I entered the Sharp Tank because I was – in the process of kind of developing the Spectrum pharmacist, and wanted to be able to um, broaden my um, audience, and especially try and educate and improve the awareness to my fellow colleagues. So, got up there and and did my pitch, which was really great. I actually I don't mind public speaking, which is quite handy when now I do a lot of it. So, um, but it was really great just to look out in the audience and get a lot of nods and smiles and, and I've had a lot of great feedback from that. So um, I was on a massive high, a very emotional, a massive high from that, just hearing some of that feedback going just how important you know the role of a pharmacist is in this space and and um, you know, trying to to bring that awareness to, to the forefront when so many people are you know going along the same journey that I have been with my own children. So, that was absolutely amazing. I was, I was absolutely wrapped. And then, um, to get a phone call from Jared a few months later, that absolutely blew my mind. I actually had to ask him to repeat himself because I couldn't believe what I had heard. You know, I'm this little soul pharmacist, you know, (laughs) branching out just kind of dipping my toes in the water and to win that kind of award was just absolutely phenomenal. And, um, it, still, it took me a while then to kind of reconcile with it. And I'm like, oh, is it, you know, the imposter syndrome? Do I deserve it? You know, you start to think those things. And I thought, no, like it was an absolute honour to win it and to be able to be recognised as a pharmacist in my field by my colleagues and, and for something that is quite left of our normal practice as as it kind of stands. Um, Yeah, I, I still you know, it's, it's on my LinkedIn and things like that. But when someone mentions it, I still get a bit nervous about it because it, it's still like it's it's a big thing and, and I'm very proud of it. But, yeah, just those strange things to say. <laughs> but
0: yeah. Well done. I thought I'd um, ask for the audience because you're called the Spectrum Pharmacist. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So, yeah, in
1: 2020, I started the Spectrum Pharmacist and um, it was on the background of I have three sons. My eldest and youngest are both on the Spectrum. And I was finding as we've kind of gone through our very long journey of just how much information is out there, and whether it's actually factual or not, and and where the, all the different you know members of the collaborative team sit. And we were finding I was getting more and more questions about the medications and and what other um, evidence based practices to use. And that was probably coming out of the fact that we were quite open with our children and and teachers and friends in regards to their diagnosis because it's it's who they are and and it it does shape a lot of how they um, present themselves and interact with, you know, obviously the community. So I was getting lots of questions from family and friends and then friends of friends and, and colleagues kind of saying, you know, can you help me with this? What evidence is there for this drug or how can I help with this compliance? And I thought there's really, you know, at university, we we only just briefly touch on some of the the ADHD meds. There's not really a spectrum section as such. So I thought, this is something that I've not only got the lived experience with, but also the professional from working in paediatrics and, and mental health. So I thought, right, you know, it's time for me to share that knowledge and and also a way for me to kind of upskill myself as such in regards to being able to, you know, develop the fact sheets and, and provide in-services and, and public speaking opportunities to be able to empower others. So... That's, you know, it's, it's very much a passion project. It's very, very dear to my heart. Um, I would love to do it full time, but at the moment it's just not quite possible. But, um, yeah, so that's where it all kind of started and, uh, and it's evolving. It involves every day something else changes and I've got a very long, you know, love to do list and I think, you know, we'll just keep knocking away at it and, and making those inroads, which has been really lovely.
0: So can I find out um, what you actually, so what you do as the inspection pharmacist, so does that mean that you, uh, because I know you've got a website, so does that mean that people contact you and ask you questions, you provide fact sheets? Yeah, can you tell me some of what you do?
1: Yeah, of course. So yeah, there is a website and on all the different social medias um, and for professionals, there's LinkedIn. So anyone can contact me at any time, just send me a message with any of their questions and queries. Some of them I'll be able to provide, you know, a kind of a quick answer if it's relatively simple. Others take a little bit more time and and you know um, need that that extra information. And some, you know, people prefer just to do things over emails or or messengers and things. Um, and it means that that's in their own time and they're not, you know, fronting up and turning a, a video on as such. Where and some of some of the questions I can answer quite simply that way, which is good. Other things we do through telehealth. So I'm very fortunate to work with Farm Online, who um, is created by Anna Barwick. So people can book an online telehealth with myself or any of our other Farm Online pharmacists. Um, And that gives us a real good chance. You know, often I ask the people, send me, you know, your brief outline of what we want to kind of chat about, which is what happens when you book an appointment, and it gives me an idea of going, okay, you know, these are the things we want to talk about, and we can get really to the root of the problem. And then I'll often send people a bit of a summary so they can, you know, the questions that I think, you know, would be really important for them to ask their, you know, GP or pediatrician or psychologist, whoever it is, and giving them kind of a little bit of an action plan and, and some ideas of where things might go from there. I also, yeah, have fact sheets which I've got about ten I need to upload, so I plan to do that this weekend. So that gives people a lot more information about, you know, not only how medications work, but the size of them, the color of them, which is really important in neurodiversity, just because of the number of um, sensory issues. And then we do the neurodiverse squad. So that's what I pitched at Shark Tank. So we get uh, about 20 people online with me and a special guest for about an hour and a half. So I've had a, a psychologist and a speech pathologist on so far. And we talk about everything from diagnosis to how to build a collaborative team, looking at what practices are important, Obviously, lots about medications um, and having that special guest there really gives a point of difference. So they're getting, you know, two health professionals that can provide a lot of information, try and leave, you know, 20 minutes at the end for lots of questions. And we obviously always run out of time, but follow them up. So um, I'm finding that people are asking for a lot more specific squads so my plan for next year is kind of to run more of a you know an adhd specialized squad and a, you know anxiety squad just to kind of hone in on a few more um
0: special areas but um yeah so that's that's what the spectrum pharmacist does brilliant um and obviously You're well known for being the Spectrum Pharmacist, so I I guess if people are looking, if they have something that they're passionate about as well and they wanted to uh, work in that area similar to how you do, I guess my question is um, do you charge for the services and how do you promote the services as well?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm terrible at charging for services. As I think a lot of pharmacists are. And I think it, it kind of started out as being such a passion project that I just wanted to share all the information that I had. Um, I have learned that there are some things that I do need to charge for. So if we do a one on one telehealth, there is a fee involved. Um, and then if you come along to a neurodiverse squad, there's a small fee involved as well. If you do have NDIS funding, um, and one of your goals is to you know increase your education for your loved one or yourself then i can provide an invoice and that's um, how that is subsidized unfortunately pharmacists are not seen on the ndis as yet but we're working on it um so yeah so you can contact me through email socials farm online send me a message and um yeah i'll i'll generally do my very best to to make sure you get a reply within 48 hours but sometimes things happen and but I'll be open and honest about that
0: um yeah hope that answers your question <laughs> and how did you promote the services so oh, that more to... people you would... yeah
1: yeah so um a lot of it's been through word of mouth I did do a bit of a social media push um probably mid mid this year kind of saying you know these are all the things that I can help with and did a lot of examples of saying you know for example I got a question about x and this is what we talked about and some of the the action plans just to give people a bit more of an idea of of what we do what I do um and but I think it's more come from you know I've I've been at a number of conferences now and and presented so you I've had referrals from pediatricians and and GPs and psychologists so it's it's been a, a really um, – what's the right word? I haven't had to kind of stand up there and wave people down and go, look, look at me kind of thing. It, it's it's come really organically, which is, just shows where the need is, I think. Um, yeah, I am very conscious of that, you know, time is obviously something that's very precious for all of us and I don't want to promise the world and not be able to deliver. So, but 2024 will be a little bit different. My work week will be structured a little bit differently so I can spend more time doing this. And I think from that I, I really want to be able to uh, provide some education packages to, to pharmacists in the community because obviously the first, you know, the most trusted or well, the second most trusted um, health professional and, and they're obviously there seeing their, their patients every every month. So to be able to give them some more tools is probably uh, one of the things that's really high on my list. Um, I'll continue to do the neurodiverse squads and um, yeah, you'll find all about that on, on the socials and, and website.
0: Thank you. Um, How difficult was it to create a non-traditional pharmacist role and turn it into the success that it is now?
1: Yeah. um, It's, it's been a an interesting journey and, and I think not having a specific business background, like I've run my own consultancy and do done home medication reviews and things like that before, but that's you know very structured and and the way that payments are made, et cetera. So it's been a an eye-opener kind of running a business as such and and having that lens. I'm I'm learning every day and, and as I said, I'm probably underselling myself in a financial kind of aspect. Um, but yeah, it's it's come very organically. I think I've said that before, in that, you know, this is this is what I live every day. You know, these are these are my sons and I want the very best for them. And we've been through an absolute roller coaster journey and my eldest is about to turn 14 and he got diagnosed at three and a half. So we've had a decade of of experience with him alone. So I wanted just to be able to share all that, and um, and I think when you're talking about something that's really special to you, things it kind of all just falls into place, not without hard work and and some tears and screams at times, but um, yeah, if if you've got something that you're really passionate about and you can see just how valuable a pharmacist's skills are, then absolutely go for it. Like I don't think at the moment in a traditional sense, pharmacists are utilising all the skills that we have, you know, whether you're in community or aged care or hospital, like we, we've we got so much more to give as part of that really important member of that healthcare team. It, um, it became really obvious to me when I was reaching out and I was speaking to one of the psychologists that I was asking to come on the neurodiverse squad and she said to me, well, that where does a pharmacist sit in that? And I'm like, oh, my goodness, if you, if you can't see it. And when, you know, I think I took about a minute and she's like nodding her head. She's like, oh, my God, I hadn't even thought of all this, you know. And they're like, where are they getting all this information? I'm like, well, I'm hoping they're getting it from their community pharmacist. But the idea is that I help along the process. She's like, oh, my goodness, you know, I can't believe I didn't put two and two together. Like, so just trying to, yeah, make sure that you're reaching all those those important people. And just because it doesn't seem the traditional path doesn't mean that you shouldn't jump in and do it. And think
0: more of us should. So in line with that, what would you say to others about following their passion and reaching their audience and making a difference? Yeah, absolutely. If you've got
1: something that you're really passionate about and you know you want to be able to share that with others i think you know we've got so many tools now in the digital health space that we can really reach a wide audience you know i've had questions from the us that never would have thought little old me would get a question from someone in the us so um you know we have a great amount of reach you know and you you do need to put yourself out there you know i'm doing this podcast and uh, i've done a couple of others so you get used to you know um, talking about yourself a little bit more but um yeah, if if you've got that drive, or or even if you're kind of going, oh look, I'm really not sure. There's lots of us around at the moment. You know, there's probably half a dozen pharmacists in Victoria alone that are kind of really going out on a on a great limb and and diversifying in this space. So there's lots of you know ideas and people to bounce our, um, your thoughts off. So I'd absolutely really encourage you to to explore those avenues. And if you want someone to bounce off ideas, then shoot me a message and we'll we'll have a chat about it. Absolutely. But um I love hearing about new ideas. I'm not averse to change at all. If anything, I like to try and bend the rules as much as I can, go look what what else can we do to make things easier, not only as a pharmacist, but better for our patients. So um yeah, go for it. Do so you
0: have mentioned um that you, st- you work in hospital pharmacy, that you do this around, and you've got three sons. So I guess the um, the question is, how do you balance it all? That's
1: yeah, um, it's absolute juggle. Some things, you know, get there's a lot of balls in the air. I'm doing my masters as well at the moment, so I'm yeah, things flex a lot, um, and that's probably why I haven't advertised as heavily as probably what I would love to, because I want to keep that balance. I um yeah, some days I don't do it well, to be completely honest. My children will always come first, you know, hundred percent of the time. And my husband should won't leave him out. <laughs> but my family definitely comes first. And then um yeah, I I think one of those things is because of what I'm doing it, with my masters and with the spectrum pharmacist is it's all blended and it's all really interesting to me. So, you know, if I've got time, I'll pick up a book or, or a journal article that's, that's in the field. And so it's that incidental learning all the time. So it doesn't feel like hard work or I don't have to feel like I need to, you know, timetable it in and and stick to it. It just becomes part of life. So, um, which I'm really fortunate about that I found this this niche. and. It's all because of my sons. Like I don't, you know, pre them. I knew a little bit about it, nowhere near what I know now, obviously. And I look back and I think, oh, you know, I really should have helped that person more. But obviously I didn't didn't know. That's not a good enough excuse. So that's where I'm trying to help others. So they don't have that excuse.
0: You said next year you're going to be making some changes um, to find a better balance or to commit more time to the spectrum pharmacist. Um, How are you going to do that?
1: So the plan is um, actually I'll be reducing some days at the hospital. So then that way I'll be able to have almost like a, a regular um, consulting day as such. So there's quite a few um Pediatricians, psychologists and GPs in the area where I am have expressed a lot of interest, which has been amazing. So I'm am trying to incorporate a lot more home medication reviews, especially in this neurodiverse space, because it's not one that, you know, when we think of home medication reviews, people generally think the the elderly um, and, you know, those those individuals with you know obviously five or more meds but some of the neurodiverse kids have got five or more meds and if they're not getting those outcomes that they need then we're we're not meeting meeting our goals so I want to be able to have some more time for that and I also I've had a few community pharmacy groups that have kind of asked me look you know we'd really love to you know empower our own pharmacists which is something obviously that really sparks my interest. So I want to be able to be more available to be able to provide that education and and then not just kind of here you go, here's all the information, let's have a couple of hours, but actually be there to to touch pace because different scenarios come up all the time. And you know, i I'm certainly don't want to leave people waiting for for answers. So it's just about, you know, prioritizing what where my why is at and where my goals are kind of sitting. And I've got, you know, I really love the idea of pharmacogenomics and I'd really love to incorporate that as well. So there's quite a few things on the list that I really want to add some more time to 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 create a better spectrum pharmacist for everyone, I think.
0: Brilliant. Um, there is increasing recognition and diagnosis of neurodiverse conditions. Do you think that access to treatment is keeping up?
1: No. <laughs> In a nutshell, no. It is, it is wonderful that more um, people are obviously seeking out diagnoses and, and getting that affirmation because it, it is a very overwhelming process. You know, the diagnostic, diagnostic process is quite long and, and encumbersome. And then but for so many individuals, whether it be children or adults, you know, you get that diagnosis and you go, oh, that's why, you know, I react in this way or that makes sense or these social things, you know, it's it's like a cloud lifting as as what they've told me. Like um, I was talking to my son's tennis coach this week and he got diagnosed at 47, you know, he's 49 now and he looks back on his life and he's like, things make sense now. Like it wasn't that he was, you know, naughty as what the old traditional kind of thought was, it's, you know, we make sure that, you know, those individuals that are neurodiverse, you know, it's not about the world changing for for them, it's, you know, the neurotypicals changing for the neurodiverse in more sense, but um yeah, there's certainly, there's not enough practitioners, unfortunately, the wait lists are really long. Um There are a lot of, Other opportunities, you know, especially with telehealth. So one great thing that came out of COVID was obviously the availability of telehealth. It's not ideal for everyone, but if it's maybe an interim, you know, to kind of get things started, then I I kind of lead people down that way if they're not able to get those face-to-face appointments as quickly as they can. Um, My heart breaks a lot because a lot of questions I get is that you know my, my son, my daughter, my partner's been on the wait list for diagnosis for 12 months, you know, and you just think in that 12 months there is so much that can be done. And especially if we're thinking about early intervention for children, you know, we know the evidence is there. If we if we start early and be able to help them understand the way that their body's reacting and and why you know these social challenges are there and and different ways of their communication? If if we can make things easier for them, then the world doesn't seem so big and scary in in so many different circumstances. So it, it's it's a two edged sword. Great that that neurodiversity is getting that awareness and there is you know that great neurodiversity movement that's happening. Unfortunately, we just need more health professionals on that trajectory and, and there is there's a great number but you know we also have to be mindful of you know you, you don't want to take on you know 100 patients if you can only see 10 in a week so fine balancing act but um there's certainly lots of resources and and that's part of the spectrum pharmacist i don't just focus on medications um i'm very conscious of making sure look i'm not a doctor Um, I'm doing my masters so I can become a developmental educator. So it doesn't mean I work in a school as a, as a teacher as such, but I can help people not only in the diagnosis, but actually form that collaborative plan to try and help, you know, put in place some of these interventions. So kind of an, an extra bridge as such to, to get things underway. So I think that will, will be a, a great, you know, kind of next step for for me but there are a lot of you know developmental educators out there that are available so if someone's struggling to find some resources or you know someone to connect in with then send me a message I might just happen to know someone or be able to give you some ideas I've I've lived and worked in a couple of different states now and and starting to build up some resources all around Australia so um yeah, if if that is the case, and you know it can be very lonely and overwhelming, please just reach out. Don't let the pharmacist name, you know, turn you off and think I'm just going to spruke medications because they're not for everyone. But so um yeah, I try and do the whole picture.
0: You've also mentioned that you want to um get back into doing more HMR reviews as well. So yeah. I thought I'd ask you about that because there's currently a petition um, getting signatures for support of HMR. So I thought I'd ask you about your view on uh, what yeah. you're
1: like- So I've been registered to do HMRs pre-kids, so a while now, and um, it's amazing that, you know, obviously such a valuable, you know, Service that pharmacists can provide in someone's home or in an aged care facility or you know a um, a supported accommodation. You know the we are the medication experts. You know it's it's just our our ability to look at a patient's medications and and the way that they're impacting their lives. Whether we're getting the the right outcomes and is it the right dose and you know are they taking it in the right way? There's all these really you know important aspects to medication management that a home medication review pharmacist can provide. Um, some GPs are absolutely phenomenal and they'll, you know, take on your recommendations or give you feedback and, and you go, right, I'm part of that team and, as what we should be. Um, others, you know, unfortunately tick a box and you kind of get left and going well, what happened with this patient? You get invested, you want to know. So I think, you know, it would be really great for uh consultant pharmacists to have that, you know, it's not just about a recognition, you know, there's no tap on the shoulder, but our value for our service. And I think a lot of the petition at the moment is, you know, obviously that the demand's gonna increase and now, you know, and the telehealth, you know, it, it did help. Like it it doesn't replace the face-to-face when you know, but there are circumstances where it's just not possible. There may be someone living, you know, 100k's from any other, maybe not 100, maybe 50k's from another um, pharmacist that, you know, timing and things just don't happen to work out. Well, wouldn't it be better to use telehealth than nothing at all? So, um, yeah, hopefully with, you know, enough voices, we'll we'll get that next step and and remuneration. You know, I. It's a tricky subject is remuneration whether you're talking about this or fee for service or your your, your income as such i it's not reflective of what we do um um uh, but i don't unfortunately i don't think until pharmacists are really seen as part of that transdisciplinary healthcare team we won't get that you know recognition in our in our income unfortunately and Thankfully, you know, we we do diversify and we can spruik our wares to kind of say we've got the support. Not only you know PSA and SHPA will will kind of continue to raise the raise the flags and say look how wonderful pharmacists are. But I think we need a a, a higher being to kind of go look, you know, yes you do and yes you deserve the recognition and and that comes with a higher uh, remuneration for our services. So I'm hopeful. Certainly don't want them to to go anywhere. Absolutely not. It's amazing, just and even just that you know relationship that you build. Like I get being working in the hospital, I get referrals. Obviously, I most of the time I've never met these families before, and um. But when you walk out, they're like, oh my goodness, about like you know you've made this so much easier, and I feel comfortable. I was really worried about having someone in my house and. And I'm like, no, we just get down, we we have a chat. Like I don't get into the medicine straight away. Like, you know, I want to know what's happening in your life that, you know, what can we improve? Where do you find your challenges? It's about forming those bonds. And and it's lovely, you know, you get some of them, they will send you, a, you know, an email or a phone call, you know, a month later and go, I've seen the GP, we're going to do this and this, I'm really excited, you know. And I had one, like, about a month ago that I did, and this week he phoned me. He's like, Yvette, I feel so much better, you know. I jumped up and down like he told me to because there was lots of things that kind of haven't happened, and I literally said to him, God, you need to go there and jump up and down. But, he like, you know, things aren't working out so good at the moment. There's things that should have been done. He's like, I did it. I've jumped up and down and, and things are underway. We're doing this, this, this. I'm like, that is so good. And this was like a 55-year-old man, like very stoic, you know, man. But I'm just like, this, this, this. your life, you know, your medications could be making things so much better than what they currently are. And he's like, don't be silly, you know, because at first he didn't want to do the HMR. And then now he's just like, the best thing that's ever happened. I'm like, good, can you tell your story to more people? And, but, um, yeah, I
0: still love it. Thank Hopefully you.
1: Hopefully I spoke clearly enough for you.
0: You did. You did a good job. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the AJP podcast. If you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions about this episode, please visit the AJP website forum at ajp.com.au and join the conversation. If you have any suggestions for future topics or would like to participate in the podcast, please follow us on Twitter at AJP podcast and send us a message.